So don't we all wish we could have some more Benjamins in our pocket? Tax time is approaching, so we may have some. Uh, that song is All About the Benjamins by Puff Daddy. Uh, he's probably called P. Diddy, Diddy, whatever now. Biggie, Little Kim, and The Locks. What's good, everybody? It's Cedric with Said Talk. Get it like TED Talk, but it's me. couple things. First, we have our first guest on the show. So it's my brother, Justin, all the way from the district. Say what's up. What up? <laughs> Hold up. Turn my headphones up. Turn my- <laughs> oh, I ain't got no headphones. I ain't got no headphones. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, we are recording this from our childhood home yeah. in South Carolina. We are home for Christmas, for the holidays. Yep. And I, me and Seth have talked about doing this for God knows how long. So it's just like, it's really a, a I guess it's a dream come true to yeah, be doing this right really now. Happen. So, yeah. so it's happening. So yeah. thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be the first guest. For sure. Hopefully I'm not the last. Um, hopefully I'm not the last guest, and hopefully I'm allowed to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll that's see. What I'm we'll for. see how uh, we'll see how ridiculous <laughs> you get and what the lessons look like. Uh, but yeah, we have talked about this for a long time. Been texting about it and in what ways we could do it. So finally, uh, we can definitely jump into it, and I think it'll be good. So yeah, all the way from South Carolina. Uh, so shout out to everybody from South Carolina 803 especially um, Metro Metro stand up I'm pretty sure uh, everybody who might be listening if you're from Charleston you probably did that stupid little C thing that you throw up in the air and said some Geechee <laughs> Chuck Town cut up <laughs> I'm gonna have to do a I'm gonna have to do an episode dedicated strictly to South Carolina yeah that'd be good I, I think, think uh, the different regions the yeah. three area codes the upstate sure. Midlands and low country for sure we have a, a pretty distinctive culture between each three and I think it needs to be out there for the world to know. Cool. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, our first topic is really pay for play, paying college athletes. Uh, like I said, the song All About the Benjamins, pretty appropriate. Uh, we've seen a big deal with players being paid for their likeness. Uh, one of our favorite games growing up playing NCAA got canceled because of that. Um, players weren't getting paid for their likeness, so a lot of those issues came up, and now so those games have gone away. Hopefully they can come back soon. I will personally buy an Xbox, PlayStation as soon as it drops. Uh, so the question is, should college athletes be paid? My thing is the money is there for sure. So if we look at the top 25 teams uh, in revenue and profit, they've combined for $1.5 billion in profit. Um, so one of the questions I want to ask to and for y'all to think about, leave your uh, comments and thoughts in the in the comment section is do we pay them on top of the scholarships they're receiving or do we take the scholarships away and just pay them you know for the four years almost like a salary another thing to consider is how does this change the aspect for transfers uh disciplinary issues you know before people would take scholarships away um now are they going to be fined you know are transfers going to be have to you know is it becoming collegiate free agency almost you know what i'm saying so uh 
So let's get into it. So top 25, Justin, I think you got the top 20, uh, a couple of the five. Yeah, I have the, the top five from the Forbes. Forbes I believe it's from 2018. 2018, reporting was, in 2019. So we'll start with five. Number five, the Ohio State. Buckeyes. Fairly, uh, they have one of the largest stadiums in the country. Uh, very successful football and men's basketball program. So, and when we talk about paying college athletes, just for context, we're referring to football and men's basketball because those are the two. Um, they're the two revenue generating sports in college. So the other sports do matter, but they do not generate the interest and the revenue that football and men's basketball do. So number five, Ohio State, the Ohio State. Number four, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Whoa, Nelly. I mean, no surprise there. I mean, they win football games all the time. And as somebody who, like, firsthand experienced that culture, it's unreal. Like, the football team carries everything. I mean, when I was there, the campus was already growing. So I can only imagine how much it's grown. And I went back and I started in 2007. I went back in 2010 to visit and uh, they had built up, you know, new uh, student housing, new, you know, um, uh, psychology building, all kinds of buildings. I know a lot of that is put, uh, you know, money is put out from athletics, even though they generate their own uh, to support the university. So that's a huge, huge, huge culture right there. Right. Number three, Michigan. Uh, they have, I believe, the largest stadium for football in the country. Yeah. Uh, I think they top out at 107,000. Which is ridiculous. And they just got lights maybe like six years ago. A lot of those Big Ten stadiums are old. And many of the times, if you've watched college football, they played at 12 or like 3.30 early fall games because they didn't have lights. So the Big House just got lights maybe like five years ago. Yeah, that's cheap. <laughs> Yeah, that's just straight cheap. That's the, you can tell they're just keeping all the money right and putting up lights so they can play primetime games, which would actually make them more money. But yeah, they probably had a reason. Big Ten is also very big on tradition and, uh, frankly, just keeping up with Jim Crow. So they they they, <laughs> they don't be, like they don't like change. It can be boring. <laughs> they don't like change. Remember when they broke the the divisions into uh, the leaders and legends? Yeah, that was like, so lame. So I actually lame. liked it because they they went outside the box, but. When you do anything like that in the Big Ten, they just lose their mind, so they just have to switch the division back. Yeah, no swag in the Big Ten. No swag at all. <laughs> no swag. Ohio State has a little bit. Yeah, they do. They have the most. They have the most have of the all most. the Big Ten schools. All right, keep going. Number two is Texas. I mean... Hook them. Hook them, horns. The state is just filled with money. The oil everywhere. Natural gas. Yeah, it's just so much money around there. And a very good documentary I recommend is the ESPN 30 for 30, The Pony Excess, kind of breaks down the money. That's a good one. That was flowing in college football, especially at the big universities in Texas. For sure. So that is a a very good documentary to check out. So Texas at number two. And then number one may surprise you, may not, but it is Texas A&M. Another Texas school. I don't think I'm surprised. Uh, I think a lot of people might think revenue uh, is synonymous or equates with popularity and winning. Very good point. Uh, But I think, you know, there's other aspects to it. So you have to think about 
boosters, of course, donating to those mm-hmm. programs and how the culture of football. I mean, Texas A&M, they're a solid team every year, usually winning at least eight games. They do underperform, of course. Uh, but, you know, you think about the alumni associations that are donating and pushing money there, who's put out from both of those top two uh, Texas schools. I mean, they were able to buy out Charlie Strong. No problem. His buyout was stupid. Uh, I think Charlie Strong. Uh, who was it when he was at Texas? Oh yeah, Texas. Okay, and, uh, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Pay his buyout and stuff like that. Um, so cool. Texas A and M. And then is there anything on any colleges on this list that surprise you? Because we're looking. We have the top twenty five list in front of us. I see one right off the bat that I was not. Uh, I'm very surprised, and it is. Our own alma mater, I was say, <laughs> the I, University of South Carolina, but they do very well. Like so, South Carolina athletics actually contributes to a lot of the university's programs too. They generate their own revenue. They just got this new football operations building, uh, which definitely helps with recruiting. Um, but for a school that does not have a history of winning, yeah. in the two revenue generating sports, yeah. It is. Uh, it surprised me. We're actually at, tied for 16 with Arkansas, another school that I did not think would be there. But I guess because there's the only thing in town to do in Arkansas. So yeah, I think it's the the SEC country. Uh, it's just people. Football is so big. Of course, you know that's going to put a lot of money. And then I see a lot of SEC schools on this list. It's, there are a lot out of the 14 schools. It's probably it looks like at least six or seven on here. Arkansas, South Carolina, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Yeah, so about half the conference is, is right there. Uh, some Pac-12. Shout out to the Pac-12. <laughs> Pac-12 Homer. Uh, my Ducks are on there at 14. I I thought Florida State would be a little bit higher. I know basketball, they're not the best, but they do compete well. Um, Notre Dame, uh, I know football is big, but I'm I mean basketball. Are they? I don't know. Have has Notre Dame been it's so old? Like they've been winning so That's long. True. I can, I'm I'm that one makes sense to me why Notre Dame is there, and they don't have to answer to a conference. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think they get. I mean, I'm not going on a limb, but they might get to keep some of the money. And rather than having to do revenue share with the conference. That's true. That's true. So they are independent, so that probably makes a difference. Um, okay, oh. so what – So we oh, can. I did have one last comment. Okay. I want to mention that um, Clemson sucks. It's only at 25. Yeah. So Despite their success. The article, and I'll post it in the comments uh, that you can read, the article definitely talks about how recently, since Clemson's recent wins have gotten them into the top 25, uh, they're another program – I've never heard of Clemson basketball doing anything. Uh, we had our 2017 Final Four run. That definitely brought in some money. But again, South Carolina and Clemson, not long-standing traditions. Clemson has now uh, created one. We'll get into that. I, I won't express my feelings. I feel that. your hate. <laughs> I just feel your hate. Yeah. It recently got into it. So uh, they're on the list. We'll just leave it at that. They're on the list. So that's good. Um, so what do you think about the whole pay system and paying for their likeness? Is it fair? Is it long overdue? Uh, give me your thoughts on that. It's one. It is long overdue. But it's also not enough. It should be a salaried employee type of system because these guys are, one, putting their bodies on the line, and they're generating a lot of revenue for the school. I don't see why they 
why what's so hard about giving them any money and i have a confession to make before maybe within the last like three years i've come around i'm giving college athletes money because i used to believe in the whole the value of an education right that's the thing they try to sell to the college athletes but they also don't tell you oh yeah when you get there your only thing they really want you to do is that sport yep and they don't they have tutors they have you know they put up the facade like yeah yeah we want you to get an education but like if you personally aren't most super motivated to get that education they're not really concerned if you get it so I, it's definitely overdue and yeah i'll leave it at that it's, it's just overdue it is. It is. I was I was with you. I was one of those people to think about the also some of the intangible things that they have. Uh, so a lot of these guys are able to get into rooms that average college students are. It's all about not necessarily what you know, but who you know. Uh, if these guys are interested in starting a business or getting into companies and stuff like that, they're shaking hands with these boosters. They may not be going to the NFL, but they say, hey, uh, I'm graduating in a semester. I need a job to do whatever. But because you played for Florida State, Clemson, Alabama, whatever, they'll slide you in a role you're probably not even qualified for. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I thought about stuff like that. Uh, but like you said, they're putting their bodies on the line. Uh, there's definitely some there's major risk as we talk further into football, of course. Uh, basketball is still huge. I think I saw a statistic that uh, basketball has some of the highest injury rates, really, uh, um, especially for knee injuries too, uh, which is interesting. You think it might be football with all the contact, uh, but I saw that. I'll try to find that article and post that as well for you. Just want to bring up uh, more talking about revenue and pay. So we know we focused a lot on football, but last year, the 2019 uh, March Madness tournament <laughs> drew in uh, pretty much after you kind of some distribution and, and everything is paid out $933 million in revenue from media rights, fees, ticket sales, corporate sponsorships, and TV ads. So the money is there. So there's got to be a way to trickle that money down to these, um, these, uh, these players, you know. And then you have to think about how much they're going to get, who gets what based off it is it a tiered system kind of like if you're coming into working for an employee if you're an entry level person versus you know management so i'm a freshman do i get so much per hour or something like that as a senior do i get so much per hour per year right i think they could do a base salary and they can base it on region because if you're in california versus if you're in alabama the cost of living is a little different well a lot different and if you give everybody a base salary, everybody has something. And then the players who are popular and want to make money off their likeness, like the NCAA is allowing players to do now, then they can make even more money. Now, there's going to be some fear of players holding out, but I feel like you can just figure all, you can figure that out. You, you will figure it out, especially with the football players. And if they want to hold out. I mean, college football teams got like a million people on the squad. Right. Like just yeah. Next man up. Like somebody else is gonna is gonna come. Next up. man out. Now it'll be problematic in basketball because one player changes the whole thing. Yeah, whole that's thing. a sport where the top player is really gonna make a huge difference for sure. All right, that's good. I uh, appreciate the information and your thoughts on that. So, Hold up. is it time for a commercial break? Oh, you don't have sponsors. We don't have sponsors. <laughs> okay. We're not that rich. I do have to take a quick break. I need to go pick up my wife and son. 
and we will be back right after this message for sure shout out to the packs Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A. Wiggins. Fuck that other side, bitch. We stay winning. Oh, man. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties yelling out. Pay the guys, man. I had to do it for you. All right, so we're going to close out the pay for play section here with Justin's final comments. So go ahead and give me what you got. Final comments, just uh, in general, college athletics just needs to be more flexible with their athletes. And like I said before, we were talking about the football and the men's basketball. There's an athlete there that wants to earn a degree in a major that's considered demanding or difficult. Then the athletic department, the coaching staff should do whatever they can to make that happen. If they have a player who just wants to show up and play basketball for four years or football, let them do it. They'll get be getting paid. It's not like the university will get something out of it the athlete to get something out of it if they have dreams of going pro. And if they're an athlete that's unsure of what they want to do, like most college students are, help them figure it out. You know, the NCAA just needs to be more player-centric. And the whole thing of paying them, the whole point of going to college is to make money. So if I'm a first guaranteed first-round draft pick, I don't need school. I went to school for six years and got two degrees. Anthony Davis, I'll just use him as an example, went to Kentucky for a semester and has made way more money than I ever will make. And it's not an indictment on Anthony Davis's character. He was just a sectional athlete, and he was able to go to NBA and make a lot of money. Right. So let's pay these pay these guys. Let's stop with the whole fake moral thing and. Give these guys what they deserve because they've definitely generated a lot of money for the universities they have paid for. For sure. For sure. Uh, And especially with basketball where, you know, the one and done rule, which I hate now, I I think it robs you of past days when college basketball, when the kids could jump from high school straight to the NBA, they felt like they were ready. And in college basketball, for the fan perspective, you got those kids who wanted to stay three years, two to three years. You built those rivalries, specifically with schools like Duke and North Carolina. Like how many years did we have to suffer through as North Carolina fans suffer through JJ Reddick, right? <laughs> and he got better each year, you right. know what I'm saying? Who is, so, I believe, still in the NBA. Still in the NBA, <laughs> and I think has made the playoffs like every year he's been in the career in his career so uh yeah they're they're in school for like a semester and then they're they're out of there and quick comment on the part where you say um the one and done rule is how you dislike it it's it's starting to come back to hurt the ncaa and how so is you're seeing more players playing overseas now and then going to the nba you have the james wiseman case where basically he was caught with some money in the pocket and rather than returning to Memphis, he was just like, 
oh, I'm just going to go train for the NBA. He's the guaranteed top three pick. He has no reason to go play for Memphis. Right. So, and then on another point, the NCAA also needs a lot of the athletes to enter the draft. And if they don't get drafted where they want. Come back. To be, they should be able to come back. That's like come back. In, disenrolling in school and then deciding I'm going to enroll back in school. It's the same exact thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. I don't understand why, well, you're, you're giving up your eligibility. You can't come back. Like, that's right. ridiculous. You should be able to come back and play. Yeah, you should. Even if you decide to sign an agent. I know that's part of it. Um, I'm interested to see. I got to check more into it, but I'll check more into it and, and see how college baseball does that as well. Uh, their system as well. But moving on, we're going to move to uh, it's bowl season. Uh, and we're not talking about the bowl of M&M sitting on your table uh, for the holidays. We're talking about, even though that might be a bowl game, talking about the college football bowl games that are out here uh, in these streets. So I know a lot of you football fans have probably caught some of them, seen some of them. We've had a couple uh, kick us off already. So I think we've had the Celebration Bowl with the two of the HBCUs, which is actually a good game with AT. And I think very high uh, scoring game. Yeah, sixty four, forty four. Yeah, A and T and Alcorn State or Alcorn, where, wherever you're from. It is um, Alcorn. Alcorn. There's only one L. Alcorn. Alcorn. It's the opposite of the way it's spelled. Gotcha. This is coming from our mother, who is a HBCU grad of Jackson State and gotcha. a Mississippi native. So it is Alcorn. Gotcha. For those who do not gotcha. know. If we're wrong, please uh, comment. Let comment and let us know for any <laughs> HBCU people. All right. So 40 bowls. Um, and, you know, most people really only care about like the New Year's Six. And now with the college football playoff, that's what they're really looking to uh, watch on TV. Um, so a couple questions surrounding this. Just a quick history behind it, too. In 1996, there were only 18 bowls. All right. And then five years later, there were 25. So 2001, 2002 season, there were 25 bowls. And to be bowl eligible, you only need six wins. So a six and six record. Um, so should they cut the bowls back down uh, to the original 18? Uh, what are we thinking here? I know you have some thoughts on how to make the bowl season better. So give me what you got. Well, I got a lot of thoughts. And some are reasonable and some are just out there. Let's hear it. And let's get ridiculous. How how far can we go? As far as you want to go. All right. <laughs> I actually think this will actually be a good one. This first one is a single game elimination giant tournament similar to March Madness. Basically, have teams play over a weekend or over a course of four days and one game single elimination playoffs and teams will just move on. Right. And then you also can add in the you know whole bracket thing. I think that's part of the appeal of March Madness that that the casual fan or the fan who does barely watches can fill out a bracket and get yeah. into it. And if you feel like well that's a lot of football to play, well shoot, let's cut the game and have two quarters. Yep. Or if you want to go OT style, which I love college overtime. Yeah. We can do that. Um, also, there needs to be more transparency to students and schools about the money that can be won with these bowl games. Um, there's a ton of money in bowls. Like everybody is getting paid. This, the university, the network that carries the game, the sponsors, the city that hosts the, the game, the venue where the game is. Like the reason there's so many bowls and why they keep making up bowls is because of the money. Yeah, you so, you sent me an article and I read it. And one of the things you talked about, you said money. Like everybody's getting paid. The sheer fact that a company was able to get 
make $3.6 million in basically off of marketing because of having their name on a bowl. Uh, and they were simply like a, a warehouse for trucks that they could store their, you know, Correct. distribution site and that's it. And it's a random, random name. So now, you know, you're putting that out there. So that's good. All right. Keep going. Also, I would like to see more bowl games at the universities of where of the team that's playing. So if South Carolina plays Southern, uh, South Florida, have the game in Columbia. You know, give the give the school an extra bowl game. There's a there's an extra a, game to make money. Yeah, there's make, a bowl game coming to Myrtle Beach next year. Yeah, if you have a Myrtle, game in Myrtle Beach, you have one in Columbia. I mean, come For on. Sure. Uh, dope uniforms. <sighs> Every team should be required to change their uniform and just go crazy. Like I love how Army and Navy every year they come with special uniforms. Yep. For the Army Navy game, like go all out, think outside the box, do something crazy. Show up with some new uniforms, and in fact, show up your new uniforms, and then at halftime you change your uniforms <laughs> to even go bigger. Oh <laughs> man, Oregon would uh, Oregon would probably change each quarter. I'm fine with that. They would, <laughs> they and, would, they would probably keep the pants and then switch out the jerseys. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you can switch the helmets, whatever. So, if you if you tell me a team's gonna change uniforms four times, then you got to see just to see, I will tune in just to see what's going on, just to see, to see the, this madness, the changes. Uh, also, you could try out new rules during the bowl games. For sure. Like, uh, if you want to try a new overtime format, you want to eliminate kickoffs, you want to play with three footballs, I don't care. You just go bowl, yeah. do something fun for the bowls. Like, it has to be different. I know people still kind of tune in, but, like, we're we trying to draw the casual fan in. Right. You need something And like you said, different. I think that is what the bracket appeal to – March Madness is is that you can never watch a game of college basketball, but once the sixty four is is filled out, somebody people win those brackets, those like office bracket pools off of. Oh, I've been to St. Louis before. Let me pick the Billikens, or <laughs> you know, I like their mascot. Let me pick them, and they end up winning. You know, you you have all these people like myself who watches and looks at you know, oh, this guy's good at the two, and they got a good center, and they got good depth, and next thing you know, I'm out within the field. You know, 32, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But somebody who doesn't watch, they're, you know, got almost a perfect bracket. So that's good. Yes. And then uh, I, when I was doing research, the article said a reference about bowls. ESPN carries the majority of these bowl games. So the fact that they do, I don't want to see it much like how CBS networks carry the March Madness tournament. If ESPN is carrying all these bowl games and they can switch to each game and can catch the, uh, the best parts of each game mm-hmm. so we can see the finishes and you just it really gets you excited because you can watch a football game and it can be if you don't have much interest in it it's going to be tough but if it's down to like the fourth quarter or overtime you're going to tune in no matter what yeah. and like I, the, I know i will like the uh what is that uh feature on dish network the red zone very much like red zone the red zone so the they're about to version yeah, of red zone if they're about to score they flip to it, you know what I'm saying? And then, of course, if it's, you know, double OT overtime, uh, I think with the – you said change OT rules. I think with one of the OT rules, like, you should only be allowed to throw or you got to take people off the field. You got to do like a seven-on-seven, seven, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. That's uh, wild. I love it. <laughs> go crazy. After, like, the third overtime, I'm like, all right, too many players. You got to go straight seven-on-seven. Seven. Right. 
so and then moving on um these bowl games need to be more about the players. So I want to see profiles of players during and after games, give some people compelling, not just those ragged Richard stories, but just um, any kind of story that'll get people excited about the different players on the team. Also let them shine, uh, let the players uh, do commercials, like basically market themselves, create their own brands, whatever it takes so they can be prepared for the future. So if this is their opportunity, to try out for the NFL, well, we need to make sure as many scouts and as many big tape or whatever it takes to get this player known is available and is shown to make it happen. If they're not going to go play professional sports, then we need employers there. Like People need to see these guys and know the kind of people they are so they look good as potential hiring candidates for whatever company they may go work for. Yeah, the posts during the... Uh, they usually get to the bowls at least four or five days beforehand, get to the city, get acclimated to the field, practice, run through a couple practices. You could have employers there. They should be able to go through a employee fair. You know what I'm saying? So That's a very good idea. The, comp- the sponsor, you know what I'm saying? Maybe even put two sponsors on the bowl. They can share a sponsorship and say... Uh, we got, uh, let's say, Old Dominion Freight, and then we got um, Papa John's. Papa John's, right? <laughs> you know, got both of those companies there sponsoring this bowl. And now you have players bring their resumes, you know what I'm saying? Have them uh, dress up, get ready to go through mock interviews or have a, just an employee fair so they can see, like, okay, well, I know I'm not going to the league. But Papa John's has some, you know, business analyst positions that I could possibly get to. Uh, the Old Dominion Freight has some logistics things that I'm working with with my degree. So, yeah, I like that idea, too. And I'll go even crazier. The winning team gets so many internships for the summer. Yeah. So if your college ain't about um, risking that, then you don't need to go to a bowl. You don't need to go to a bowl. I like it. Especially if you're like a fringe bowl team, like a six-win team. Every six-win team should have to play for something on the line. Just make it, I mean, I'm a watch. I'm yeah. like, your future at stake. Yeah. So you better go out there and ball out. Six and six, <laughs> you lose. How many points you lose by, that's how many scholarships you lose. <laughs> I love it. It's actually what's on here. You're playing for scholarships. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, I would love to see a bigger deal made out of the MEAC versus SWAT game, which is the celebration bowl uh, for the culture. Migos! Have a MEAC SWAT versus non-power game. I want to see more of that. Uh, more MEAC and SWAT schools in bowl games for the culture. Played. Yeah, and then play uh, bowl games at these MEAC and SWAT stadiums. Right. Like, just. I mean, just put on for the culture. I mean, you're making money off of all these black athletes. <laughs> Might as well give something back, especially for the the black universities. So, yep. all programs, that for the culture. Those programs really need it. And uh, I like that, too. I, I just think they need to do more showcasing of these games on Saturdays initially, too. There's a, still a big fan base for graduates and people locally in those places. And a lot of times they can't see them on TV. Um, because of other things. I, I doubt people in Virginia get to see Hampton, Norfolk State, and stuff like that on TV. It's usually Virginia, Virginia Tech. Probably James Madison is on TV more so than them. So I think um, somebody should step up BET and uh, start hosting more of these black college football games. Yeah, that'd be excellent. And then also it'd be good if you can get some more regional rivalries 
Yep. Within the you know those fringe bowl teams or those teams outside of Power Five, so like a Hampton versus James Madison, I feel like that could be created some kind of robbery. Um, you can also come up with other stuff, other teams out there that are outside the Power Five, but just make create more regional robberies, and those could actually be a bowl game every year, mm-hmm. like regardless of their record, unless they're going to you know the New Year Six or some big bowl. Like have those same two teams play a bowl game every year and switch the location or whatever, just to build more momentum and a rivalry, and it'll make it more interesting. I think. Let's see. Oh, I also have the idea of the winning team gets to give so much money to a charity of their choice. That's good. After all, everybody get paid, of course. So the players get paid, and then they get to the players decide. Okay, we're gonna give to this charity in our local area and maybe the winning team gets 10 and the losing team gets like three so so nobody really loses in that situation uh field stadiums with local residents and tickets not sold there's nothing worse than watching a bowl game and nobody in there right it makes it whack there's no swag there's no energy <laughs> it just feels whack yeah i know they're still making money but like just fill those stadiums up somehow some way yeah cheaper tickets for locally yeah, if you live in the local area, you yeah. get the dollar tickets. Yeah. A uh, whole festivals in the city of the bowl. They might already do that. I know they do it like the Rose Parade and the yeah, big those, bowls. Those are big, but the smaller ones could do some type of you know, stuff festival. In the city. Yeah. Like a beer and cheese festival or something. Yeah, something right. That stuff that people want to go to all the time. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned this before, play for recruiting slots or roster spots. If the school does not want to risk it, then they can just sit out. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. So, and then moving on to a little more ridiculous, allow celebrations and possibly taunting. I'm all for this. Like, I'm glad the NFL relaxed their taunting rule. I mean, their uh, celebration rule, and they let the people. Nothing more fun than watching the defense get an interception and they go run across the whole field. That, that is the, and then post for the gram. That is the best thing. That is the best thing. And then ever. they'll be on the two yard line of the opposite and run oh, ninety eight yards run all the way to the other side. <laughs> yeah, ninety eight yards. College needs to let off that rule, and I think started with the Bulls and shoot even taunting. I mean, yeah. long. The only reason I say maybe taunting because I feel like at some point it's going to get racist if you don't put it in the check. Yeah. So um, I, I'm okay with people stepping over folks. The Allen Iverson. Yeah. And the Tyrone I'm okay with that. But you also need to know that you're at risk to get punched at the same time. So <laughs> there is that. taunt at your own yeah. risk. But for now, at least do the celebrations yeah. and just let the kids have fun, man. The celebration should be judged. Oh, and it can it should be judged. It should be judged. Let social media judge it. And if your celebration sucks, it's a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah, yeah. A quick live poll. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you could Instagram live that joint. All the football teams have social media oh, yeah, yeah. specialists, as you've seen with like uniforms and stuff like that. They can live stream that, and it's like, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, and then you know, according to social media. The penalty with the, the celebration was whack. <laughs> 15 yards assessed on the kickoff. <laughs> right. So that make up come up with some creative stuff. And then that kind of ties into what another one I had was live stunting for the ground. Let these guys stunt for the ground. I want players on the sideline with their Instagram. They might already do that. I don't I feel like they wouldn't be allowed to, especially in college. But let them have their phones for the bowl games, let them have their phones. Yeah. Stunt for the ground. Yeah. Let them um, out there. Yeah, let them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they're not too ignorant. But then again, if somebody like me will get a kick out of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> they can censor it if they got, you know, the university can censor it. 
Oh, yeah. This was one of my favorite ones that came up. If you down more than 21 at the half, something got to happen. You got to give up the sticks. <laughs> so you either got to put in reserves. You got to run the option only. Coach get fired. I don't know. If you, We're not going to watch no bowl game when you down three scores. Oh, man. The game might have to end, and then the team got to, I don't know. The backup quarterback. They got to go work the games. concession stand or something. <laughs> Like, something's got to happen. We will not sit here and watch you get blown out in this bowl game. Right, right. Yeah, I think maybe if you're down 21 at the half, once you come back, maybe the team that's up has to lose a man or something like that to make it interesting. Well, that's not fair. You got to play a man down because you're already up. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, it was fair. It was even, and you're kicking tails. So maybe if you drop one, it might. (laughs) Why not? There's no rules. (laughs) No rules. Who knows? They still might not be able to. Uh, do it like why not also I want to see some off the wall announcers uh, celebrity announcers uh, let some drunk announcers in there like let's let's comedians like let some people do some commentating they don't normally get to I think a good thing about the national championship they have like 15 different versions of the people calling the game they have like the local call and the ESPN personalities and then celebrities and then the regular call Uh, they have the coaches which is very like if you just want to learn more about football in general they break down plays you know they should do that for some more bowl games and then you don't have to get the same big time personalities because I know those cost money so get some cheaper people I'm I'm pretty sure the people out there that do it for free get up and coming announcers you know people who want to get into the sports game and you know all you need is a a good announcer so somebody who studied broadcast journalism and then somebody who's played the game who can break down the defense the offense the plays and then I mean that's all they put on TV you played the game (laughs) there's people who haven't really played the game can do that yeah and there's people who would suck at that and they probably will still be entertaining. That's true. It's all about entertainment. It's really about entertainment. I mean, they had Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football. That was the best. (laughs) So it's not like, let's just try some stuff. Let's not be scared, NCAA. And then lastly, um, I cannot take credit for this idea. I didn't mention it earlier, but it was an ESPN article written by Paula Levine. And she suggested that there should be more bowl games based on proximity to schools. And then I, I will add in that um, these should be repeated every year to create rivalries. And I did kind of mention it earlier. But an example would be FSU versus uh, Central Florida, yeah. uh, Notre Dame versus Indiana, Georgia State versus Georgia Tech, which is they're both in Atlanta, which you could really create a lot of dope opportunities. Let the Migos perform at halftime that'd for be, the culture. That'd be fire. That'd be fire. And that concludes my crazy list. Please put your crazy ideas in the comments. I know you just go big, go, go big or go home. Like let's make college bowl season more fun and just more entertaining. Yeah. And also we, the NCAA needs to shorten the period for college bowls. It starts with December 20th and goes to like, it goes like a month to get through all the bowls. Yeah, it goes all the way through. The like, why are we waiting uh, two months to watch the national championship? Yeah. I feel like national championship could be New Year's Eve or the day before. Like, we could, right. it could, you could finish the national championship before the NFL playoffs start. That'd be good. That'd be good. All right. I'm still allowed to stay. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep you on for yes. a couple more. <laughs> Uh, so we we topping off with the bowl season. Appreciate that. Uh, we were doing a bowl pick challenge. I'm currently winning. 
I got six points. He's got five. Uh, so there's a lot of random bowls out here uh, that we were picking. So we're just seeing how well I picked with my eyes closed. That's going. I picked solely off of record. And then if team has won a bowl game recently, probably. And that was off of just memory. So uh, one of the random ones that <laughs> I picked and got right, which turned out to be a really good game, was Hawaii versus BYU. Uh, Hawaii was driving scored a touchdown late and then BYU was driving but through an interception. It was a perfect uh defensive jump. It dude jumped the route. Couldn't be any better. But we'll get to the uh ever popular bowls that we all want to see. Um so Oklahoma versus LSU, Clemson versus Ohio State. Who do you got? I got LSU over Oklahoma. I'm not that confident in it, but I'm going to go with LSU. They look good all year. Um, represent for the, the real South. And, yeah, I'm just going to take LSU on that one. And then, of course, Ohio State-Clemson. It doesn't matter how good or bad Ohio State is. I will pick them over Clemson. I will pick anybody over Clemson. I refuse to acknowledge this program, and it's frankly making me sick that they keep winning. So, the Ohio State, please pull off this <laughs> this win. Is I I suspect this will probably be the better of the two games, and and also I I'm really rooting for Justin Fields who had to transfer from Georgia, and I want to see him get his shot to play for the national championship. Yeah, I agree. I think that'd be good. Uh, Georgia should be. I guess ashamed of themselves, feel stupid. Like you got Jake Fromm. Okay, I get it. You know, he came in there. But if Easton doesn't get hurt, you're not starting from. And then now you get the number one dual threat QB to come in here and you only put him in on the most obvious plays. You don't really give him a chance to shine. Now he decides to transfer and he is tearing it up. Tearing it up. I mean Heisman, tearing Heisman candidate finals. Yeah. So now you know, Fromm is about to leave. And now who y'all got? I think Fromm got another year. You got another year? I think he does. Oh, well. Well, George is still going to be whack. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I got LSU. I think this one will be closer. Um, I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I would love to see him back in a national championship, especially with Alabama being out of it. I think it would just be a – I don't know. I like stories where people get to triumph and kind of shit on the people that they <laughs> – <laughs> thought they couldn't do it uh, you know so but I'm so gonna go with you would like to see Oklahoma versus Ohio State I would I would uh, that would be good but as picks I'm going with LSU because I've liked LSU all season if you listen to previous said talks I've told you LSU is my number one team Joe Burrow just has the magic this year um LSU is just getting it done and boys playing with a lot of heart. Uh, their DBs are young, but very talented. Um, so I'm going to go with that. I think Hertz has had some issues with interceptions, and I think that's the difference maker in that game. And like Justin said, uh, I don't want to pick Clemson. It makes me physically sick to have to even tell people I'm from South Carolina because then they mention Clemson and it's gross. Uh, and I know <laughs> a lot of Clemson fans and alums, and it's disgusting, and I'm tired of it. Um, I feel like I'm waiting for these sanctions to come down. So come on, sanctions. Because we all know the ever true saying if you ain't cheating, 
You ain't ain't trying. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to go LSU versus Ohio State, and I'm going to pick LSU over the top. I want Chase Young, all this hype around Chase Young, I want him to show up. You know what I'm saying? You know, you were at the Heisman finalist or whatever, but I need you to show up this game and sack Trevor Lawrence like eight times. Yes. So that would be amazing for Chase Young to do that. Yeah. And um, I got to agree with Cedric. I did pick LSU to win the whole thing. An LSU-Ohio State matchup would be a pretty nice matchup. And really and truly, I just need these college playoff games to be competitive. I've been watching it since they started. I swear I've seen two competitive games, both in the same year, 2017 season, Georgia versus Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That went to overtime. Yep. That was the Jake Fromm rook, uh, freshman year versus Baker Mayfield. And then the following game would be the Bama versus Georgia in the national championship where Tua, the legend of Tua was born and he took over for Jalen Hurts in the national championship. Two throws, man. Made two. And I take it back. The Deshaun Watson championship game versus Bama was also close. Yeah. But it's been three competitive games out of the 12 or so that have been played so far. Yeah. So... Really and truly, if these games could just be competitive, I believe this is the best shot. We don't have a team that doesn't really belong. Like Notre Dame last year, I we all tried to give them credit, and they went through a you know a schedule. They don't play FCS teams, and they went undefeated. And they got in there against Clemson and got the doors blown off. Yeah. Now, granted, Alabama got the doors blown off them too, but <laughs> Clemson is talented. Uh, between Higgins, uh, Ross. Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, like all three, all, all of them will be starters in the NFL. Definitely. Very quickly. Uh, so no doubt about I'm that. I'm sure they have three or four starters on their D-line, even though yeah. they all got, the previous team got drafted, their yeah. D-line. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have up and coming. Yeah, they got. First round D-linemen. Yeah, they were, they were pulling. Clemson is now at the point to where they don't have to, they recruit, but the name sells itself. Basically. Like Southern Cal, even if Southern Cal is down, people still choose to go to Southern Cal because they know they're going to get a good shot at going to the NFL. Uh, same thing with Alabama. Programs are just breeding NFL players right now. So, uh, yeah. So, cool. All right. So we got that LSU Ohio State is basically our our picks for the college football playoff national championship. What we want to see LSU is the winner. All right, and then lastly to close it out, uh, we don't want to talk about all just ignorant stuff. Uh, so we want to definitely give well, you this wasn't ignorant something good. Who talked about paying college athletes? I think that's a yeah. Those are very you know formidable. We did get ignorant. Yeah, formidable conversation. <laughs> Uh, but since it is the holiday season, we'll say we just don't want to talk all sports. Let's do that. Uh, it is a holiday season. Uh, no matter what your religious affiliation may be, what did you serve? I think service to your fellow man is um, universal. So want to start to give you some ideas on better holiday service ideas. Traditionally, a lot of people probably feed the homeless or, you know, donate, uh, donate gifts. I had the opportunity last Thursday to give some gifts that were donated to a local elementary school. Uh, When I say local, I mean in Indianapolis where I'm living. Uh, I got a chance to deliver those gifts to those kids and stuff like that for those who would be less fortunate and wouldn't have many things to open on Christmas. Uh, So we just have some better holiday service ideas, maybe some things outside the box, some things you've never done or just have heard of. Yeah, put this in, give us some more context. When when we say outside the box, I... I feel like we always give, and I say we people as a society, we will 
give lots of items and food and clothes and um, presents during between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but the rest of the year is just kind of so-so. And I just like to see more. What can we do for people beyond this holiday season? Like Cedric mentioned, giving these gifts to elementary school kids, but we could go even deeper and say, what could we do for the parents of those children so that these kids don't have to be in line every year to get gifts? Yep. So I would love to hear what you guys think would be, how, how can we go, I guess, deeper in our service to those who are less fortunate? And one idea that I've, I've heard of, is not mine, but I believe it might have been a local church somewhere they gave presents to uh, uh, to needy families as well, but instead of just giving it to them, they operated more of like a store that was heavily discounted. Right. So the families could pay a little bit of money and have you know some pride as in like yeah I earned this money I actually bought this gift for yeah. my children. Yeah. And they said it it was received better because the families felt more they had more pride about it. Right. And. And they just had more pride about it. So yeah. something creative in that vein, I would love to see more of. And I know that's a tough sell because most people just want to just give yeah. and not really, you know, charge or yeah. anything like that. But uh, I'd be interested to hear if Cedric had any more ideas. I think it's a good, healthy mix. Uh, and I understand the pride issue. People work hard. And they want to be able to provide and give their kids and people they love things like that. So having something that's heavily discounted is definitely important. I think to that, I would just say that we need to, our service needs to be to begin to eradicate a lot of the societal and systemic issues that cause people to have to get these donations. If you've recently seen the LeBron commercial uh, from Nike, he said, what if there are no more humble beginnings, right? I think that's a phenomenal goal to work towards. Um, I will say that not everybody will be millionaires. Nobody needs to, but everybody deserves to have a roof over their head, consistent places to stay, of course, food to eat every night, clothes on their back and modes of transportation, whether it be their own car or uh, public transportation that gets them there on time. Uh, the system needs to be equitable. Uh, I don't necessarily say equal because if everybody has something that could be considered equal, but equitable means that everybody has the same opportunities to get to where they need to be, to do what they need to do, uh, and have the things that they need every single day. Uh, so I, I don't really have anything off the top of my head uh, to say, but I do like the idea of that I think maybe... Um, yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'd probably have to drop something in the comments or put it to another uh, episode. Yeah, I just uh, had a thought as to where, when we like that, I was using the example of parents who can't afford gifts for their children. How about, um, so I'll just use a church as a, a, an example. There's people at a church that have the ability to hire folks. Yeah. Perhaps you could hire one of those parents and give them a, a job that will afford them the opportunity some holiday work to do so or this family needs a car mm -hmm. to get around yeah. how about we we rather than giving them a gift but some socks and some yeah. stuff not saying nothing wrong with that give them a car because that could be what they need to, to get to work to make their lives better to get yeah. to work yeah something something of that aspect so there's there's 
more ways than one to skin the cat, as yeah. they will say in the old days. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, um, that might be bringing up a new topic for another episode uh, for later as I try to uh, continue to bring you guys some stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, let us know in the comments what you think, of course, about all the topics. Should players be paid? What do you think? Give us your most ridiculous ideas for the bowl season to make it better, more exciting. Of course, uh, give us your national champion picks. And then, of course, any ideas you have for service, we're open to that too, which helps me out too, because I get to kind of steal them and use them for our community service committee. Uh, for my alpha chapter. Anyways, uh, so that's all I got. Uh, want to thank Justin for being on for the first guest. Uh, so definitely have you back pretty soon. Yes, it was an honor. Um, thank you for having me. Like I said, I've always wanted to do this. So thank you, Cedric, for setting up the set talks. I've listened to all the set talks so far, and I hope I can listen to myself talk on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Once it's all, yeah. when it's put out there, I did want to mention um one last thing. Um, as far as the new NCAA rule allows uh, players to profit off their likeness, who you think in like our viewing lifetime? And I say that it's like when we since we've been old enough to like recognize sports and the people and you know recognize what's going on. Who do you think would have like really benefited from that? Like who was very popular to where they would have really benefited greatly financially for being able to make money off their likeness? That's a good one. That's a good one. I actually had a couple of I was thinking before the show started. Uh Reggie Bush, yep. I believe, was for me so far in my lifetime has been the best college football player I've seen play. I think he definitely would have benefited greatly from his likeness and he wouldn't have had his Heisman taken away. <laughs> right, right. Which I think is ridiculous in and of itself. I'm glad to see he's uh he had a very nice NFL career and he's actually on I think believe Fox now doing commentating so I'm happy to see that for him. Um one I thought you would have came up with Tim Tim Tebow. Like yes, <laughs> like he was a deity in yeah, college. He, he was <laughs> so Saint Jesus. <laughs> Saint Jesus. <laughs> he was. He would have greatly oh, benefited. And I think another one, Johnny Manziel, who I was never that much of a fan of his game, but he was very popular in college as well. For sure. And then recently for basketball, Zion, he was a phenomenon so yeah yeah i'd love to see if he could have made some money even though it's gonna it's turned out well for him he got drafted number one it's not his shoe deal it would been great to see him make a lot more money while he was in college i do for sure but yeah thank you for having me on and look forward to doing this again for sure uh we'll definitely uh have you back and we we thank you again for being on appreciate all your information your takes and the topics many of these he came up with so i appreciate you doing that uh like i said that's all i got be sure to like listen and subscribe uh search me on soundcloud said talk follow me on instagram and twitter at irepta5 that's i-r-e-p-d-a-p-h-i-v-e and be sure to be on the lookout for next week's episode. And we are going to let this Puff Daddy and the family fade us out. Thanks. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, baby.